begin today at the Mishnah on Daf Nun Hey Amadalif. Zok Tehilige Mishnah. Anoider min hadogon. A person makes a nether, not to have any ano from dogon, from grain, but he used specifically this term of dogon. Okay, so dogon in Lashon Kaidish means when you when you uh, the crop of the grain, you make it a big pile of all the kernels of the grain. That's usually what the term dogon refers to. So therefore. Also, bepola mitzri. This will include also pola mitzri, which is some kind of uh, beans that also is used in the same way that you make a pile of it, similar to grain. Yovish, but that's only when it's dry, and therefore it's the, it's a, there's a pile made out of it. But uh, learned right in the previous Mishnah, if it's if it's moist, so then you eat it like a vegetable. It's not made in a, like in a pile, like a grain. This is Rab Meir's opinion. When you use the term dogon, this only includes the five different grains, which are the chitim, the seirim, the, the wheat, barley, rye, spelt, and oats. Mm. Those are the chamesh aminim that you make a bracha moitzi on them or mazainis on them when you eat. So they are what's usually the kernels that you make a pile of. But other things are not included. says, A person makes the neder not to eat from grain, and he uses a different expression. He uses the term tvua. Okay, so tvua also means grain, but he didn't use specifically the word dogon. Dogon means that you make a pile of it. So because he's using the term tvua, so Rav Meir also says that this only includes the five grains. But if your nether was and you use the term dogon, then also bakal. Then you also, not only with the five grains, but also other beans and the, the things like that, that, you make piles of them. So this is not only the pula mitzri that you mentioned before, but really other things as well that you make piles of them. But you're still allowed to eat fruits from the trees or vegetables that, that you don't usually make piles of them like it is with dogon. Shall we say, the dogon, that according to Rab Meir, what does the term dogon mean? Called the midgen mashma. Anything that you usually gather and make a pile of it, that's included in the word dogon. But Masav Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef asks from what it says in the Pasik. This is a Pasik that speaks about the Yidin that strengthened themselves in giving trumis and maestris, a kufroit, sadovar. And Yidin were encouraged, or Yidin were strengthened. Hirbu b'nei Yisrael, so Yidin added, and they gave a lot of maizes, which is reishis, dogon, tiroish, v'yitzar. So it mentions here that they gave the maizer from dogon. And then it adds, v'chol tvua soda, and all the other tvua grains from the field, l'roiv. So the question is, v'yomre dogon, called the midgin mashma, if you're going to say that the term dogon, does not only include the five grains, but it includes all other things, all other grains in the field, that you make a pile out of them. So So why is the Pasuk saying, the question really is from the end of the Pasuk, the Ran, it seems like his guide is this here in the Gemara. The real question of the Gemara is, when the Pasuk concludes, and all other grains of the field, why does it have to add all other grains of the field? It says in the beginning, Dagon. And according to Rab Meir, the term Dogon includes not only the five grains, but it includes all things that you make piles out of them. So it's, it's, you see here in the Pasuk that it, it splits it. There's Dogon and then there's V'chol Tuvus Asada. Omer Abaye, answers, according to Rab Meir, when it adds V'chol Tuvus Asada, La Suye Peres Ilan Vayerek. The term Tuvus Asada in this Pasuk actually refers to fruits and vegetables. So Dogon Take includes not only the five grains, it includes all other kinds of beans or different kinds of things that you make piles out of them, like the grain. 
And Tvosa Sada is something else. That refers to fruits and vegetables. I don't know. That's uh, I mean the tvuas hasada. The Gemara is soon going to explain that it, it, because it says tvuas hasada. So tvuas hasada means different things that you have out in the field. So that includes fruits and uh, vegetables. Rab Meir, Rab Meir, said the Mishnah, noidem and tvuah v'cholu. You make a nether from tvuah. So here, Rab Meir says that tvuah only includes five the five grains. Am Rab Yechonin, Rab Yechonin says hakol noidem. Everybody agrees, even though in our Mishnah we had it only Rab Meir saying so, but it's, it's not only Rab Meir. Everybody agrees. Benoider min atvuah. Yenada was not to eat tvuah. Sheinos elam chameshis aminim. That that includes only the five the five minim of grain, not anything else. Tani namiyachi. We learned this in Abraisa as well. Shavin, everybody agrees. The language of Yenada was not eat from aminim. That it's only the five grains. The Gemara asks on this, Pshita, isn't that obvious? How should I think that Tvua includes anything other than the five grains? The, the term Dogon, so Dogon means something you make a pile out of. So it includes other things that you make a pile from them. But Tvua, it obviously means that the Tvua, Tvua means grain. How should I think it means anything else? So the Gemara says not necessarily, because Mao de Teme, I would think to say Tvua kol milimashma, that maybe the term Tvua does mean everything. We're going to see soon in the Gemara that the Aramaic translation of the word Tvua is alalto. The word alalto means all the, the income or the, the shvach, the things that you feel gave out and, and uh, the, comes into the home. Alalto means to elevate or to bring in. So all kinds of things that you bring into the home from the field. That's really the translation of the word tvua in Aramaic, alalto. So maybe you would have thought that the term tvua does not refer only to grain. So therefore, kamash malon, that's why he's teaching you over here, Rabbi Yechenen, that the komili. That the word tvua does not mean, when people use the term tvua for a nether, it does not mean everything that comes into the home. Rather, it means just grains. And it only is the five grains. Mm-hmm. And now we go back to the Pasuk that we quoted before. Masiv, Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef asks the question, the Pasuk that we quoted before said, That Yidin, when they encouraged and they were strengthened to give the Maisre, so it says in the beginning of the Pasuk, Dogon. And then afterwards it says, Tvua Sasode. And how did we explain before, according to Rav Meir, what does Tvua Sasode mean? It includes peris and yerokes, fruits and vegetables. So I see that Tvua Sasode does not mean the grains. It means fruits and vegetables. And now we're saying that Tvua means dafke, the five grains. So Amarave, Rav explains, Tvua Luchud, the expression of Tvua that this person says in the nether, that's one thing, and that means only the five grains, and Tvuas Sade Lachod. And the expression of the Pasuk where it says Tvua of the field, that includes, that's more inclusive. That includes also fruits and vegetables. And that's the Pshat in the Pasuk according to Rab Meir. So now in connection to this, so as I mentioned, the translation in Aramaic of the word Tvua is Alalta. The Gemara brings a story that we'll, we'll discuss this term Alalta. What does it mean? So Bar Marshmul, the son of Shmuel, so pocket he commanded before he passed away, the litnun tleiser alfe zuzi lerove, that they should give 13,000 zuz to rove, and he said, min alalta, that it should be from the alalta, the nar panya, that's by the river of panya. So now this term alalta is this income, the, what, they, what they bring in, what they bring in from the field by the area of nar panya, that's what should be given to rove. 13,000 zuz in the value of this alalta. So the question is, what does alalta mean? Like I said, alalta is the translation of the word tvua, but the question still is, it's not clear how you define alalta. So Shalcha Shalcha that is sent a shliach to Rav Yosef to ask him the question, alalta 
What, what is I'm allowed to refer to? What does it include? Amr Rav Yasef, Rav Yasef answered, Masniti. It's not Masnisim, but Masnita, this is a Braisa. What did we say before in the Braisa that we quoted? Vishavin. Everybody agrees. When a person makes a neder not to eat what does the term tvua mean? Tvua means only the five grains. And therefore, what Rav Yosef was saying is, since alalta is the Aramaic translation of the word tvua, so it only includes the five grains, not more than that. So Abai asked on this psak of Rav Yosef, how could you compare? Yes, it's true that the term Tvue in Lashon Kaidish is used and means only five grains. But Alalta, the term Alalta, even though it's a translation of the word Tvue, but nevertheless Alalta includes much more. Kol Mili Mashma. It includes everything that you bring in. Like I mentioned before, the word Alalta means all, comes up. Like what you bring up, what you bring into your house, the income that you bring into your house. So it includes from anything else as well. They brought the answer of Rav Yasef to Rava, uh, that, uh, that Rav Yasef said that it includes only the five grains. So Omar, <laughs> Rava said, This was not even my question at all. That definitely, like Abaya had said, that Alalta is a term that includes all kinds of income. But when I was asking the question from Rav Yasef, really this was my question. If you're, if you're renting out a house and you're getting income from renting, or schar svinois, you're renting out a boat and you're getting the income of renting the boat. Right, we're in the middle of Nunhayim and Aleph. So that was my question. My, what is the halacha regarding this? Is this included in the term alalta? Alalta means, again, the income that a person gets. Why not? Me, Amrinan, do I say, kivin de pachasan, since if you own a house or you own a boat, so the actual physical house and the, and the boat, they depreciate. Their value goes down slowly over time with the usage of this boat or house. So it gets, it gets ruined and the value goes down. So therefore, lav alaltahi. It's not included in the word alalta. Alalta means something that consistently gets better and gives you income. This, it, on one hand, it does give you income. But gradually, very slowly, it, it also, its actual value depreciates. And therefore, that's not included in the term alalta. Or perhaps, because this that they depreciate is not something that is noticeable because it happens very gradually. So, this is included, the income that you have from the rental of a home or a boat is included in the term alalta, that it's something that goes up in value. In other words, it's giving you income. That was really what his question was. As he wanted to know when this son of Shmuel said that they should give him from 13,000 Zuz. For, for, of alalta, does that also include from this income that comes from the rentals of homes or of a, of a boat? Amrua <laughs> kamarabanan. If what? If what? Yeah, but no, but he said, no, but he said, Teresa Alfi Zuza min alalta, though. He added, that's why he added right away min alalta. The Mepharshim actually say that he added min alalta so that his children that might not want to give to Rava. I uh, shouldn't say, oh, he said he should give you 13,000 Zuz money. We don't have cash to give you. He Adafka added alalta, which includes any kinds of income. So that they shouldn't be able to, uh, from, they shouldn't be able to avoid giving the, what they're supposed to, Tarava. But, but Tarava wanted to know whether this includes these rentals. It's also part of this term alalta. Now, Amruach Rabbonon, Kamei de Rav Yosef. Rabbonon, so they went and told Rav Yosef what Rav said. 
that Rav basically didn't agree to Rav Yasef that said that Alalta is a translation of Tavua and it only means the five grains. And Rav had a completely different question. So Omar, Rav Yasef said, If he doesn't need me to answer his questions, he knows on his own, So if he knows himself, so why is he sending me a messenger to get an answer for his question? Ikbed Rav Yasef. So Rav Yasef was... Was, was very particular about this. He was upset about this. That Rav sends to ask him a question and then Rav comes to his own conclusion. Not like Rav Yasef. So what happened? Shoma Rav. Rav heard that Rav Yasef was makbir on him. That he was upset with him. So So he came on Erev Yom Kippur to appease Rav Yasef. So he found Lishame. He found a servant of Rav Yasef. His, 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 uh, one of his servants that was preparing the wine. The way they used to do it in those days. With, the, with water to prepare the wine to be able to drink. So Omalei. Havli, so Rav said to the servant, give me the opportunity, the Amzigleh. I'm going to prepare the wine to give for Rav Yasef. And, uh, the Amzigleh, no, I'm going to prepare it. Yavleh, so he gave him the ability to become Mazik, and he prepared the wine. You, Rav prepared the wine, kosed the chamra, this cup of wine. Then, Kikashasi, when Rav Yasef drank the wine, don't forget, Rav Yasef was blind. The Gemara says in many places, Rav Yasef didn't see who's standing there in front of him. So he didn't see if it was the servant or was someone else. And then when Rav Yasef drank the wine, Omar, Rav Yasef said, The way the wine was prepared today, the way it was uh, <laughs> diluted with the water, it, it was, I, I recognize that this is the way Rav usually prepares it. The son of Rav Yasef Barchama. So the servant actually said to him, Yeah, who knew? It's actually him. Rav is here. He prepared it for you. Amalei, said Rav Yasef, turns to Rav and tells him, Do not sit down on your knees. Now, don't rest. Stand up. Until you will tell me the interpretation of the following thing, the following Pasek. What's the meaning of this Pasek where it says, There's a Pasek in Parshas Chukas. What's the meaning of this Pasek? Tell me the meaning of this Pasek. So as we'll see, the uh, pshat of this pasuk that Rav is going to explain is that it, it, it's talking about the importance of anava, of humility, when you learn Taira. So the Ran over here says that Rav Yasef was trying to give Rav a message that when you learn Taira, you have to be humble. You send me to ask me a question, and then you come and argue, and you have your own opinions. When you learn Taira, you have to be humble. That was his message here. So Malay, so Rav answered and said as follows, Kivin kemidbar. When a person will turn himself into a midbar. What is midbar? What's a place of a desert? It's ownerless. It's open for everybody to be there. So when you treat yourself like a midbar, then the taita you learn will be your gift. It'll be yours. That's what it means when it says, Shanema, the Pasuk here is saying, When you're in a place, in a condition, you consider yourself like a midbar, then the taita is your gift. That's the first point of, uh, of taita. Then, once the Torah is given to you as a gift, you become Hashem's inheritance. Shanema, the Pasuk continues, it says, from, from having the Torah as a matana, you become Hashem's inheritance. And then, once you become Hashem's inheritance, you get elevated to greatness. Shanema, as the Pasuk continues, from being Hashem's inheritance, you go up to high places. Then the Pasuk continues and says, but if a person then is haughty in his eyes, so then the Abishah will lower the person down. As the Pasuk says, 
From the hilltops, you go down into the valley. If you're gonna, if you're gonna see yourself and your omitzias as being something which is great, so then you fall back down into the valley. And and not only this, you fall so low that you become impressed into the ground. Shanema, the pasuk there says, v'nishkafa al the v'nishkafa, the gemara here is dashing the word mashkaif like a uh, threshold, like a threshold that people step in it and it gets pressed into the ground. Even after a person gets thrown down so low, but if the person will do tshuva, will lift the person up again. That a person that is, considers himself to be low like a valley, the Ebesha raises him up again. That's a pshat in this pasik. Rav is teaching the pasik, and he's the, he got the message. He got the message from Rav Yosef. Yeah. yeah. So this obviously he's teaching the pasik, and it applies to himself. All included, sure. So this pasuk obviously is the source of the Soledin that we, we learned before. So we learned it's an Erev Hanukkah. And you get to what's the real Indian of Teira. Teira Secha, the Ebesh is Teira. The Pshat that uh, the Rebbe says in so many places, when you get to the Lashen, that it says regarding Mayim Meim by Nechashim Vakrabim Yeshbai, that Mayim refers to Teira. And when you don't, when you have a bird, and Mayim Meim by, and you don't have the bitl of the Teira, like Mayim, Chazal say that Mayim goes down, right? And that's why a person has to learn Teira like water that goes down. If you don't have that bitl, so that even, even if you learn all the Chachm in the world of Teira, doesn't matter. You're going to have snakes and scorpions crawling around in your mind because you don't have the bitl. So here as well, he's saying the only way Teira will be yours as a gift is if you have the bitl of learning Teira. If you're learning Teira and it's all, you stick out like a, like a mountain that it's you, so then you don't, the Teira does not stick with you. It doesn't, it's not, the Teira is getlachkeit. It can't stick to a person that's a yesh, that feels himself. Okay, going back to the halacha of the nadarim. person that makes a nether from grain. So Tanya, we learned nabraisa, noidim and dogon, person that makes a nether. And the expression is dogon. So asa apapula mitzri yavish, like the Mishnah said, so this includes also the dried out beans, and these, these Egyptian beans, that are, are, are dry, because then you make a pile out of it. But umutter balach, you're allowed to eat them when they are still moist, because then it's eaten like a vegetable. Umutter ba'iris, the term dogon does not include rice, Bechilka, which is the grains, the kernels of wheat that are split into two, to halves. Betirgis, when they're split into thirds. Betisni, when they're split into four. In other words, the term dogon only includes whole kernels, not when they're split into any parts. Even when you make piles? It looks like once it's split, I guess you don't make piles out of it. It's, it's, I guess it's used in a different way. But when then it's... Hanaydim and Peiris person that makes a nether, and the expression of the nether is from the Peiris of this year. So, what does Peiris of this year mean? Also, Bechol Peiris Hashanah. So, that Isser includes all Peiris that grow in that year. But Umutter Begedayim, he will be allowed to have a na from Gedayim, which are um, the goats, or Betloyim, or sheep, or Becholov, milk, or Bebeitzim, eggs, or Begezalas, and chicks. Because these things are not called Peiris. Uh, Peiris refers to things that actually grow from the ground. But if the person used the expression that says that I sh- my net that is not to eat from what grows during this year, a lie upon myself, so then also then it'll be also from all these things, even from the animals and even from all these other things that was mentioned there, that they all grow during the year, even though they don't grow from the ground, but they grow. If a person says that his nether is not to eat from the pedis of the ground, what is pedis of the ground? He's not allowed to eat any types of pedis of the ground, which actually includes both what we call today fruits, that you make a bari priya on them, and even what you make a bari priya on them, vegetables as well, anything that grows from the ground. 
but umutter bechmein or petriyas. But you're allowed to eat the um, truffles and mushrooms. And the reason is because they don't really grow from the ground. They grow on, above the ground. But they, they're, they're connected to the ground, but they don't really get their nourishment from the ground. This is what is going to explain now. Vim Omar gidule karka olai. He didn't say petis ha'aretz, but he said the growth of earth. Then Then he's also from all these things that grow from the ground, including also these truffles and, and mushrooms, because they, they are growing on the ground. So the Gemara now asks him this, what is, how, do, how can we make this distinction? I'll ask you a question from the Allah that it says regarding brachis. The Mishnah there says, something that does not grow from the ground. What's the bracha? The bracha is, and Vitanya, and we learned what's included in this category, the things that don't grow from the ground. Alamelach, salt, valazomis, salt water, valkmein, opitriyas, and truffles, and mushrooms. The brach on all of them is shahakal nebedvare, because it does not grow from the ground at all. So how could you say that these mushrooms and truffles, even though it's not called peres ha'aretz, but it is called gidule karka, which means it does grow from the ground to some extent. It's, it's connected to the ground, at least. So it's getting some growth from the ground. But over here it says, shahakal ni'ibadvare, meaning that it doesn't grow from the ground at all. Amar Abaye, Sabaye explained, mirbu robu me'ara. They do grow connected to the ground. But meinek ma'avira yonki. But the actual nourishment or the actual sustenance that sustains it to actually grow more and more, that comes from the air. They, they, they grow from the air, from the, from the moistness of, in the air, from the, from the rain. Like when it rains a lot, it grows. So yes, it is connected to the ground, but it, it grows from the air. it doesn't grow from the ground. So therefore, it's, it's considered to be gidule karka because it's actually connected to the ground, but it's not called peris ha'ares because it's not something that grows from the soil of the ground, from the, from the nutrients in the soil that there is in the ground. But this answer from Abayi doesn't fit into the Lashon that the Braise says regarding the Brachis. But the Braise says, It's saying that a Shahakoil is only on something that does not grow at all from the ground. So if you're saying that these mushrooms do grow from the ground, they're connected to the ground, even though they get most of their nourishment from the ear, but nevertheless they do grow from the ground. So why do you make a Bracha Shahakal on them? So the Gemara says, you're right, you're going to have to switch the Lashon of that Mishnah, or maybe Braise. Tanya, Tani, you have to read over there, Aldavar she'en yoinik It's not that it doesn't grow from the ground, because mushrooms and truffles are actually connected to the ground, but it doesn't get its nourishment from the soil and the nutrients of the ground. It gets its nourishment from the air, from the moistness in the air. Therefore, mushrooms are not included in, in, in Pedisaretz. A person makes a nether not to have enough from a garment. So mutter besak, he's allowed to wear sackcloth, which is usually made from goat's hair. It's not made from the regular material that you make uh, garments out of. Ubi yiria, and also yiria, which is some kind of a thicker garment, which is a sheet, or something. it's made thicker than a regular material. Ubi chamila, chamila is even thicker. It's also a kind of a material, some say maybe it's a curtain, something that's very thick. It's not usually made to wear as a garment. Uh, one second. Omar, he said, Kainam tsemeralai. Person's nether is not to have any anah from wool. So then, Mutalis kaseis begizet tsemer. He's allowed to cover himself with wool shearings or with uh, the fleece of wool, but it's not yet prepared and made as wool that's material to be used for a garment. 
Or if a person said, Kainam, the Bachir adds, um, or not, okay, not Kainam, but Pishton, Oila Olai, that I will not have flax uh, to be on me. So, Mutale Skasa is Ba'anitse Pishton. He's allowed to cover himself with bundles of flax because he meant flax that's used in the material for a garment, not bundles of flax. Rabbi Yehuda, Rabbi Yehuda says it depends in what context the person made the nether. You have to look at the circumstance that the person made the nether, what the Lashem means. So the Chiddush of Rabbi Yehuda is you're not only looking at the actual word, but you're looking at the circumstance he made the nether in. So it's going to be according to the individual when he made the nether. If this person was carrying a bundle of flax or, or this bundle of, uh, of uh, the shearings from the wool, and he was sweating from this, and there was a bad odor from his body. So, and therefore, as a result of this, he says, I make a nether not to have wool or flax on me. So then what does that mean? That means he just doesn't, doesn't want to carry this heavy load of the flax or, or wool. So then, he's allowed to use the garments that are made from flax or wool. But And he's not allowed to throw a bundle of the flax and wool on his back. Because you see clearly from the context that that's what his nether is about. We learned in Abraham some more details than what it said in the Mishnah regarding what's considered to be a garment. A person makes a nether not to wear a garment. So, so what does this include? Mutter uh, besak, he's allowed to wear sackcloth that's made from the goat's hair. It's not made from the usual material of a garment, which is from uh, wool. Ubiiria, and like the Mishnah said, also this, this thicker thing that's made from a sheet, ubachamila, or a curtain, also a thick, uh, thicker garment that a person doesn't usually wear. But, v'asr, now the Braisa adds, the term ksos does include the following things. Bupunda, which is a money belt, bupaskia, some other kind of belt, a thicker belt. Obiskurtia, which the Gemara will explain what it is. Obikatavlia. Katavlia is a some kind of a uh, cloth that's made from actually leather. Vaampalia, also uh, leather, but it's made for uh, some kind of a socks, shoes or socks, something like that. Oplinia, which is some kind of an apron. Omechnesayim, and trousers or pants. Vekoiva, and a hat. All of these are included in the term ksus, garment. So the Gemara goes back to one of them that it wasn't explained. My iskurti. What is this term iskurti? Or it said before iskurtiya. Amarabe barbachane kituna detzala. The apron of the tanners. Of the people that are working with the leather and the, and the hide of the animals. Tanya in Abraise we learned. And this is actually Abraise that's discussing the halachas benigeh to Shabbos. Shabbos, the rule is that you're only allowed to walk out on Shabbos with clothing that you're wearing as a garment. So then it's not like a bundle that you carry, can't carry on Shabbos. But if you're taking something that's not made to wear as a garment, but you're taking something that's, that's the, the, then it becomes like a masa. You're just carrying a bundle, so that you're not allowed to carry on Shabbos. So the Braise here gives a certain rules about this, which is going to be a little bit different than a nether. And it's going to be actually, in a way, more stringent than a nether. Yaitzin, or actually more, it comes out to be actually more lenient than a nether. Yaitzin besak ova, you're allowed to walk out on Shabbos with a thick sackcloth. So even though before we said regarding a neder that when you say a garment, it does not include sackcloth because the person doesn't usually wear that. But on Shabbos, if you're taking this thick sackcloth and you're wearing it as a garment, you're allowed to walk out with it on Shabbos. And this is also some kind of a thicker cloth, which is made actually from wool, but it's made much thicker. It's also similar to a sackcloth. This thicker sheet or this thicker curtain. And you're walking, why is this person using all these thicker garments on Shabbos? He wants to shield himself from the rain. 
Aval, on Shabbos, you may not walk out, not using a box to cover yourself, not covering yourself from the, from the rain with a basket, and not taking a mat to cover yourself because of the rain. Harayim, shepherds, are allowed to go out with sackcloth. So the Ran says, apparently, in the beginning of this Braisa, when it says sack ova, it didn't literally mean sackcloth, it means a garment which is, has a similar thickness to sackcloth. Here we're talking literally with these thick sacks. And not only shepherds, anybody could walk out with these thick sackcloths on Shabbos if you want to protect yourself from the rain. What's common that these shepherds would walk around with these sackcloths. So as the Mepharshim explained, the point of the difference between a neder and Shabbos is, when it comes to a neder, you have to look at the language he said, and if he says ksus, which is a garment, anything that's not usually used as a garment is not included. When it comes to Shabbos though, even something that's not usually used as a garment, but if you're wearing it in, in the way of a garment, like a garment, because you want to protect yourself from the rain, you're allowed. Right? This is uh, the famous Shiloh that comes when you get to using a towel that's not usually used as a garment, and you, you put it around your waist because you want to take it to the mikveh, so it's not something that's usually used for that purpose, yeah. but if you're using it in that way, it would be allowed. That's what, the, what comes out from this Gemara. I'm not passing what the Allah is. Some say it's not allowed, some say it is allowed, but that's the point that this Gemara is saying. Even a garment that's not usually used in this way, but if you're using it as a garment, it's allowed. A box, though, never becomes a garment. So that's why, that's, uh, even in the rain, you may not have a box over your head on Shabbos. Okay, Rabbi Yehuda, that you have to look in the language of a neder, you also look at the context of how a person said it. So the Braissa says more details. Tanya, we learned. What is it that Rabbi Yehuda said? You go according to the person that made the neder. A person was wearing a wool garment, the Hetzar, and he was, it was becoming hot and painful for him. And therefore, as a result, he says, I make a nether that I should not wear these wool garments. So then he's not allowed to wear these wool garments. But a mutalitain, he's allowed to carry the sharings of wool on him because he never intended to ask for that. On the other hand, a person is carrying this bundle of flax, and he was sweating, and I make a nether that this flax should not be upon me, so then we know that he didn't want to carry them. So she's still allowed to wear garments that are made from this linen, from this flax, and he's not allowed to carry this linen, this flax, these, these bundles of flax, because that's, what, that, that's what's giving him the pain. Okay.